Ladies and gentlemen, on my podcast today is a man who is well opinionated, but can also cover it with facts. Please welcome Greg Hackett. Peace, brother. How you doing? I'm all right, man. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Man, I, I appreciate you taking the time out to uh, give me some of your time and, and do this with me. So so tell me where you're from. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. What, what side? Because I knew a couple of people on the north and I knew a couple of people on the uh, southwest. Well, well, I'm North Philly, Germantown. You know what I mean? That section of the city. Okay. Okay. And, and how did you get started in boxing? Um, Just basically street fighting. Getting in a lot of fights. My mom said I was, you know what I mean, becoming an angry kid. So, you know, I, uh, I just, she said, go to the gym. I found out it was a gym around the corner from my house at a recreation center called Waterview. So I started there, 12 years old. Okay. And you picked it up from there? Yeah. That was, okay. I mean, once I walked in and I saw the blood on the mat, I was like, this shit feel good. I, mean, <laughs> I ain't no... I knew, you know what I mean? I knew that the fights get brutal, but I didn't know it get brutal like that in the gym, you know what I mean? Oh, it's, so yes, I, was like, I was like, damn, it's definitely for me. You know what I mean? Okay. So so did you come out through the uh was it the silver gloves and golden gloves? No, I missed all that. Well, I, I fought in the golden gloves probably three tournaments. Um, one year I got as far as the state champs, and that was it. And um, but I never been to like the nationals and stuff like that. I was, you know, I I was one of them kids. I mean, my father was, uh, you know, suffering with a uh, drug addiction. So I didn't have, you know, the real discipline that a lot of these guys coming up with now. So, you know, what I mean, I was missing out on a lot because I was, you know, enjoying life, being a kid, you know, exploring, just trying to, you know, figure this shit out, you know? Yeah, definitely. I understand that because I was one of those guys like that running around, ripping and running, trying to be involved in everything, trying to see what 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 was more favorable for myself and everything. So you went from you went from that to 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 so about 17, 18, were you still involved in, in boxing at that time or yeah, I was I was always in the gym. I just never was super, you know, consistent. I just, you know, what I mean, I was always just in the gym and you know when I took breaks, it was just for bullshit, you know, just being out in the streets, hustling, selling drugs, you know what I'm saying, getting this shit. You know what I mean? But I always was in the gym. I always found my way in the gym. You know what I mean? And even when I wasn't fighting, I would go to, go in just to spar. You know what I mean? Because it was like I just needed that feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I spent a lot of time out in the streets. You know what I mean? Messing with girls, hanging out, stuff like doing all the wrong things. All the regular bullshit. All the regular bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> Definitely. Uh, hey, I understand, man. I understand. Um, so so who were the fighters that you were inspired by growing up? Like what, what were the fighters that you you liked to watch growing up? I mean, growing up was like Meldrick Teller. Mm. He was big in my Meldrick Teller was big in my city. And then I just I fell in love with him because he was like the body type was the same. You know, I mean we about the same height, you know, I mean, for the same weight class. So I so I kind of like I got hooked on Meldrick Teller early, Bernard Hopkins, James Tony. Uh, Matthew Saad Muhammad, Jeff Chandler, it's a lot of guys, a lot of guys. I like, I'm, I'm an open minded guy, so you know, what I mean, Roberto Duran, I love his heart, I love his intensity, you know what I'm saying? Uh, let me see, my man, um, I mean, Ali, of course, Tyson, you know, what I mean, anybody, I just, I love boxes. Was George Benton from around that way, too? Georgie Benton was from North Philly, but um, I never really, I never really got to meet. I never got to meet George Benton in person. Okay. Never okay. in person. Okay. I just heard about him and I started studying him, you know, when I got a little older, when I probably was like in my 20s. That's when I started like really. Yeah, he was, one, he was one of the great trainers of all time, man. Very good. Great Very fighters good. too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm people glad. don't know, he, he, my bad, he, he, he turned pro at 16 years old. Talk you about I mean? it. Talk about me. it. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, to me, he was a GOAT. For sure. You I mean you fighting grown men at 16. Grown ass man, bro. And a lot of people, I'm glad, I'm glad you said that because Greg, when I talk to people about boxing, they don't know that shit. When I'm like, yo, do y'all know who George Benton is? Like the guy that sits behind Pernell Whitaker and Meldrick Taylor, like that motherfucker himself was special. Yeah. He ain't just no sure. dude out here wiping people's brows and, and putting Vaseline on cuts. Like this dude was. He was he was certified in the, in the game of war, bro. And also, a lot of people don't understand. Like, 
after fighting, I think he had about almost 80 fights. Yeah. You fight to fight that many times and then still have a sharp enough brain to coach world-class fighters. Yes. I mean, he's an amazing, amazing guy. Definitely, definitely. He was one of the guys that, you know, as far as coaching goes, I give him, I give him like the all-time salute because you can't get, you can't get any better than that as far as uh, coaches go. Him, Emmanuel Stewart, um, mm-hmm. was it Lou Duva and, and, and Angelo Dundee? Um, those, yeah. those are like a high, high class guys. I would like to put a uh, custom model in there as well because he had Floyd Patterson and he had uh, Mike Tyson. Yeah, Eddie Futch. Yeah, Toronto. Eddie Futch. Yeah, don't don't cannot you cannot uh discount or 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 uh not ca- you can't count out Eddie Futch at all. Like he's he's one of those guys too. Definitely, definitely. So, um, my next question for you, I ask everyone that from the boxing era, from the uh, boxing uh, field, this question: Name your five best Mexican fighters of all time. My five Mexican, of course, Chavez. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. I'm funny, man. I'm funny because it was a guy coming up in the early 2000s named Panchito Bajado. I just fell in love with that dude. You know what I mean? He didn't become. He never became. I, I, I don't think he became world champ, but I just his heart, man, and his intensity level. So okay, you know I mean, Julio's Julio Cesar Chavez, One. Panchito Bajado. That's two. Uh, Salvador Sanchez, of course. That's three. Um, De La Hoya. That's four. Because De La Hoya was big in my time. You know what I mean? Coming up, Golden Boy. That's all you hear. Golden Boy, Golden Boy. And uh, I'm going to say number five. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to say it was all right. I got one for you. <laughs> this was my guy. His name was um Yuri Boy Campus. Okay. That okay. was my guy, Yuri Boy Campus. He was he was a gangster. He fought okay. De La Hoya before. He fought De La Hoya. Didn't he fight uh Ra- Raul Marquez too? Yeah. No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He did. Okay. All right. I'll ask everybody that just to, just to kind of gauge their understanding of boxing and and. and and, and how they how much they know about about the overall landscape of boxing especially the latin fighters as well uh so my five not that you want to know mine's would be marco antonio barrera eric morales mm-hmm. juan manuel marquez salvador sanchez and ricardo finito lopez okay that's a good list though that's elite list Hell yeah, it is. And, and Marquez beat two of two of those guys, I think. No, he beat I don't, no, he didn't beat two of he beat I know he beat Barrera for sure, but he I don't think he had a chance to fight Mar- uh, Morales. Yeah, Marco Barrera. You said Barrera? Yeah. Tony Barrera, Eric Morales. I think they did. I don't know. I Morales and Barrera fought, but Marquez only fought Barrera. He never fought Marquez. Right. Uh, Morales. Okay. He never he never fought him. Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah, and the reason why people get mad at me when I don't include Chavez is because Chavez is something totally different to me. Like that's he deserves a plateau all by himself because he so you got something. so you got Chavez like lined up with like Ali. Yeah, like you got you got to put them in categories by themselves, man. You can't you can't you can't put them in categories with everybody else. They did something totally like different. That. Yeah, I definitely. Like Definitely. What what did you like about Salvador Sanchez? Because we we share that one in particular. I mean, he was he wasn't just like street Mexican style. You know what I mean? He had, he, he had some good footwork, mm-hmm. good hand speed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He mix his shots, move his head a little bit, not a whole lot, but you know what I mean he get up out of there. You know I mean, you he you saw that he was thinking in the ring. Yes, you know what I'm saying he wasn't just fighting. He yes, was thinking. Yes, you know I mean? and, so and, and and I like that about him. I also like the fact that he did use his jab. But his right. engine was running from the first round to the last round. You never seen him stop right. doing the same shit that he was doing. Even if he wasn't punching, he was moving. His hands was always moving. His head was always moving. Yeah. He was always, like you said, he yeah, was always thinking, busy. yeah, staying busy and setting up shit, you know. And I love that about Salvador Sanchez. So rest in peace to the legendary Salvador Sanchez on, on, on that front. Uh, he's one of those guys that I definitely love to, 
to go to go back and watch when he beat up a what's his most fun man named Danny Red Garcia or something like that. Those two fights that they had. Yeah, I gotta check it out. Yeah, he 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 flushed him out. He flushed him out both fights. That I think the second fight was even more vicious because he was so used to just yeah. just seeing who dude was that he he just knew when I, when he was just going to decide to take him apart. I definitely loved that. Yeah. Definitely enjoyed that. So tell me, what what keeps you involved in boxing, bro? I mean, to me, to be honest, like it's nothing else that makes sense. You know what I'm saying? You in this world, in this world, it's one thing that nobody can tell me they don't want to do it, which is punch somebody in the face. Everybody, everybody in the world think about at, at one point punching somebody in the face. That's a fact. That being in the gym, that gave me a free feeling because even though I'm 35 and I'm and I, you know, I ain't fought in two years, but it's like a year, but it, two years, but it's like, I know if I walk in the gym in Philly, I ask for sparring, I can get that right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, so it's like it's it's nothing like that. And for those who being are able, listening, being able to release that. Yeah, for for those who are listening, Philly motherfuckers know how to fight. If a dude tell you tell you from Philly, shut up. If you ain't prepared to for, for all that smoke, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, it's definitely smoky. <laughs> oh man, it's gonna get it's gonna be heat. Like it ain't the it ain't the fire that's gonna kill you. It ain't the smoke that's gonna kill you. It's the heat. Like the motherfuckers yeah. can't produce heat. I, I I I met a couple guys years and years ago when, on my on my road to to boxing, and 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 they they taught me they taught me about the knuckle game, and they was like, no, nah, you want we gonna we gonna show you something different though. You know, you wanna cut a motherfucker, you wanna hurt him. This is how you put these punches together. Years ago, and I was like, what? Yeah. He was like, no, nah, this is how yeah. you do it. You turn turn them over like this. You would cut them off up. You you would swell, swell they shit up or you would cut them. I'm like, what? Yeah. And he's like, no, nah, this is how you do it, bro. This is how you do it. You get this, this is how you fuck people up. Yeah. And, and from that point on, I was like, oh, these Philly dudes is different, bro. Like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. something different. Motherfuckers is from Philly is totally different, man. It's totally different. So, so do you have any pupils of your of your own? Are you coaching? Yeah, I got a professional fighter by the name of uh, Jabril Noble, 3-0, three knockouts, and I got a gang of amateur fighters, four of them active right now. Okay, okay, okay. So you definitely into the amateur circuit then? Yeah, I, I wasn't always interested in amateurs, but it keep me busy. And also, you know what I mean, it's, it's something about being in the gym and watching the kids walk in and they, and they look forward to seeing you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just somebody, you know what I mean? And it's and it's like a way of giving back to the youth because you're keeping them busy. You know what I mean? You get to preach to them, you get to teach them. You know what I'm saying? You get to watch them develop. So it's like it's 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 just something. It's almost like you just got to do it at some point. Because I just I really don't have a big passion for amateur boxing because one I don't like that they let the kids down. You know what I mean? I mm. see a lot of kids. They, they really win fights and then, you know what I mean, because of politics, because of how they feel about the coach or because of how they feel about the kid, they'll rob the kid. Talk and, about know, it. I really don't like, yeah, I really don't like that because the kids, you could break their spirit like that. And at the same time, it's, it's, it's a fight, but it's like amateurs is like more of a point system. I mean, so you're not watching nobody, you know, really get the shit beat out of them. It happens, but, you know what I mean, I'm really for that pro game. I like, I like to watch a motherfucker get punished. Yeah, you know I mean? put it together and then punish them. Yeah, the breakdown. Yeah, that's my. Yeah, the, the, that's the, my the, the amateurs is more like you gonna throw a bunch of punches and try to score, but certain fighters through the amateur system know how to set that shit up because they actually just yeah, made for some, the pros. They just made for the yeah, pros. You got some vicious balls. Yeah, you got yeah. some vicious dudes in the, in the amateurs. Yeah. So you said you've been removed yourself from fighting for two years, one year. Yeah, about two years. Is like, is there anything? Is there anything that would get you back in? A motherfucker, it really all it all it takes is a phone call with me, the right phone call. I give you know I me, mean? I take a fight. That's what I do. <laughs> I love fighting, so you know what I mean. They call me. I really, I really just ain't been focused on myself. I've been focused on the kids. I've been focused on my guys, the pro guys. So I really, you know what I mean. I ain't really been paying attention too much to myself with fighting. You know what I mean. I'm more so been developing into a teacher. You know what I mean. Okay. Okay, yeah, I, I, and, and from the, the the clips I'll be watching, I'm like, dude, yo, my man's is is ready now. He might as well just become a coach. Like, like you, you almost there, bro. Why yeah, not? I've been coaching. I, I've been coaching for ten years now. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know. Yeah, that. I've been coaching for ten years. I have. I started coaching in two thousand twelve with the amateurs. You know what I mean? But I developed a couple of amateurs into pros back then, early, um, twenty thirteen. So I've been coaching pros since twenty thirteen. Okay. Cool. Cool. What fighters on their way up should we be watching for, amateur or pro? That I have, or just anybody. Anybody you got that you got oh. nationally, whatever it is. Oh well, my favorite. I'm gonna I'm break it down. My favorite heavyweight is Jared Anderson out of Ohio. Yeah, I mean, dude, dude is just vicious with skills. I like young boy. He a monster. My um favorite light light heavyweight is Atif Overton from Philly. I think he five and zero right now. Five knockouts. Um, let me see. I got it's some welterweights, of course. A lot of welterweights. We got welterweights in the gym. Ty Capone. Well, we call him Ty Capone, but his name Tamir Smalls. We got um, of course, Boots Ennis is in there. Everybody know him, you know what I mean? But he the next best thing, I believe. Um, we got Christian Cardo in the gym, uh, the cool boy. It's a lot, it's a lot of guys in the city, you know what I mean, that I like. Um, nationally, of course, I mean, all the guys that people talking about now. I like Shakur, I like Tank. You know what I mean? Uh, the young guys. I ain't a big I'm going to keep it real. I'm not a big fan of a lot of these styles. But I like the guys. Okay. It's, it's these styles I don't like. When you say that the, the styles you don't like, what is it? Is it so something that they're lacking? No, it's not so much lacking. It's just they they not trying to. It's like, all right. So it's a lot of a lot of this shit going on where guys is fighting. Pick them fights where they fighting ducks, what we call them. And they running around calling themselves monsters. And I'm like, yo, you ain't fighting nobody yet. And on top of that, the style, what I mean by style is everybody got this patient style where they're trying to counter. They're trying to counter. So that kind of makes the fight boring because they're sitting back waiting. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where you could be creating some situations and going ahead and get your guy out of there. You know what I mean? Or it's like some of these guys is like strung up on uh, strength and conditioning. So they're going in there just on some strictly strong shit. Yeah, trying to bang motherfuckers out. Yeah. yeah, they not really working on the skills. So that's what I'm saying about the style. Like, okay. I like skills. I'm, I'm big on skills. I'm big on skills too, man. Balance, especially your balance, making sure that your balance is, 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 is perfect so you can throw punches, defend and counter at the same time. And, 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 sure. and yes, sir. And making sure, you know, that you know how to throw a jab. The who's, the what's, and the why's, and the how's of boxing. Like, I'm big on that. If you can, if you yeah, can, sure. if you can master that, then I know that when once you get in the ring, you'll know you'll see what I'm seeing, and you'll be able to to, to to get a fighter out of there, or you'll keep him at, at distance, and he won't be able to. And you you can just undress him for the whole fight. Right. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned Shakur Stevenson. Did, what did you think of that fight when he fought uh, Oscar Valdez? I thought it was a great fight. I mean, he was he was brilliant the whole mm -hmm. fight as far as keeping distance, as far as timing the shots, picking his shots. But the only thing I didn't like, I felt like he could have got Oscar Valdez out the ring. I could have got him out early. I, I felt like he could have picked it up a little more and, you know, and beat on Valdez. But I think he just really just wanted the outclass. He just make him look like a fool. You know what I mean? So I agree with that. But I was yeah. feeling around – I felt around round – Eight or nine, he could have just pushed it and be like, yo, you you don't belong in here no more. Yeah. Yeah, beat you up. Yeah. Yeah, because it was clear at that point that he could take the punch when he was stepping into the inside and that Oscar couldn't do nothing. Oscar was worn out at that right. point. And it was just like, yo, just push the gas, push him back. Push right. him back. Make him go back and see and see how you feel about it. You know, where where is ass out? But uh I like Shakur, man. I think Shakur is the next next best thing since sliced bread. Him and uh and, and Boots as well. What did you think about that? Uh, cause they lost two night, they lost two weeks in a row, right? The uh, that camp, the the Reynoso camp. It was it was Oscar Valdez, and the next week after that, oh yeah, and then Canelo, yeah, yeah. I mean, Bivol Bivol to me is a real light heavyweight, and that mm -hmm. was the difference. Now, of course, of course, Kovalev is a real light heavyweight, but uh, a damaged light heavyweight. You got to remember that Andre Ward beat him the first time, beat him up the second time. And on top of that, they say he, you know, I don't know how true it is, but they say he, he suffered with a little bit of an alcohol addiction. He so I felt like yeah. that was that was set up for Canelo to win. Now, when you're fighting Bivol, you're fighting a big, strong kid who's the same age 
And you know what I mean? He his skill set is a lot better than uh Kovalev's. Kovalev just, you know, he trying to line up that big one too. And if he could crack you with a hook, he will. But you know, I mean, he was used to getting guys out with, you know, just the straight shots. Um, Biv will bring a little bit more to the table. You know what I'm saying? He he, he good with his feet, mm-hmm. knowing his distance. You know what I'm saying? He keep his hands up high, catching shots. He counter. I mean, he go to the body. You know what I mean? He turn them hooks. He, I mean, he was he was doing the right shit in there. And I just felt like he was too much man for Canelo. Yeah, he was. He was. I think Canelo bit off more than he could chew that fight. For sure he did. Yeah, he and did. Canelo, and another thing is, them guys the same age, but Canelo has a lot more wear and tear. So I felt like he was trying to pick that guy because he thought it would be an easier fight. But really, it turned out to be the opposite because, you know what I'm saying, his body started to counter-react. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't getting the results that he usually get with, you know, the lesser opponents. Yeah, I, I, I and... and it's no disrespect toward Canelo because I know people gonna think that I'm, I be hating on dude, but I like Canelo. Right. I just I just think that if you look at his last four or five opponents, he's chosen guys that he know can't do nothing with him. That he's he's right. chosen guys that can't hurt him or or won't or won't respond to Canelo the way that a, a Charlo or a Benavidez or Andre would. Like those guys would just back up and just yeah. take it. And even in the case of Caleb Plant, who's a, who's a good yeah, who's a good who's a good boxer. But there ain't nothing on the punch. So to me, it's no disrespect to Caleb Plant, but he sort of still has that amateur style where I'm gonna get in, uh, 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 and then I'm gonna get out, and I'm gonna move around, right? So and I, and I yeah, I felt like Caleb Plant too much. He had too much respect for uh, Canelo. I agree. Too much because it was it was almost like you know I hit the lottery. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the feeling I had from him. And, and for me, myself, I was looking at it like, dude, you're going to have to earn, get get his respect, make him back up, make him think twice about coming in. That's what you want. Right. He, and he was definitely capable, but you know what I'm saying? He was just, he just caught up in the lights. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think, I think the night Canelo fought Bivo, he bit off more than he could chew and he didn't expect Bivo to be in a fight all the way through the fight. Once they got to round six or seven, and you saw Bavol turning over the hook off of counters. I said, "Oh, it's a different fight now. It's a different fight." He mm-hmm. break every three rounds. He brought out something different. He did something different. I said, "Okay, cool. Yeah, he gonna be in control for mm-hmm. the rest of the fight. Canelo can't do nothing with him." Do he you pace himself real good? Yeah, he did pace himself real good because because Buddy as he Canelo gassed out. Mm-hmm. He gassed out. Do you think that Bavol wins the second fight? Yeah, for sure. He's just too much man. He's just too much. He, and I don't mean too much as if, like, he going to, you know, make – like, he annihilate Canelo. It's just that his package is, is, is like it's, – it's, it's specifically made for a guy like Canelo. It's solid. I mean, what it's he brings solid. to the table, yeah, he's definitely solid, and he got a lot of shit that people didn't know he could do. Yeah, he, got, he, that, he got that toolbox. Sure. He got that toolbox. Mm-hmm. And you need exactly. to you need to have that toolbox. You know, you can't just go in there and be able to do one thing great and not do nothing else. And and I feel like Bavol is one of those guys that can do. He showed that he could do a lot more. You know, I can faint with my feet. I can faint with my jab. I can faint with my head. I can move around the ring. I can box. I can counter punch. I got all these di- different tools. And you just chose the wrong guy. Right. Yeah. Because I, I and when they were saying they were gonna they were gonna do that fight at one sixty eight, I said I don't see the difference. I don't see what what's gonna change. I see Bivol being faster and stronger. Faster and stronger, because now you're telling me that now I got time to work on being at 168 and watching you do what you're gonna do in your next fight, and you couldn't even mm-hmm. beat me the first fight. So I, I I don't see that. I don't see any different any anything different changing in that fight. Mm-hmm. Great fight. Yes, sir. All right. My next question for you is, Bud Crawford. Earl Spence, who you got? I mean, of course, it's a 50-50 fight in my book because you're talking about two of the best who who haven't lost. But but is but is, you know, he the guy that that's unpredictable. He's unpredictable, not because of the stances where he could switch Southpaw and Orthodox. It's not that. It's just you don't know how he's gonna be feeling that night. You don't know if he feel like boxing, yep. you don't know if he feel like beating you up. So he's exciting. Earl Spitz is is a freight train. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. no matter how you like it, he coming. He, he working. 
You know what I'm saying? And he, he gonna, gonna try fight. to you over. He gonna try. Yeah. He gonna swing. He gonna swing. He gonna swing with bad intentions. And you know, if you can stand it, it, it still could be bad for you because he 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 giving that shit out. You know what I mean? And it's an abundance. You know what I'm saying? He giving it out, but it's like that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's fifty fifty because they both best at what they do. So, so I like in that fight. I'm gonna tell you, I like in that fight again to. Uh, Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns. Do, do you feel that's accurate, or would it be Leonard versus, uh, or would it be Hearns versus Hagler? I think it'd be more like, uh, I think it'd be more like, uh, uh, Leonard versus, uh, Hagler. Yeah. Because okay. I don't see nobody really getting knocked out. I see him just going through it. Okay. And okay. Bud gonna have to and Bud gonna have to come up with a scheme. You know what I mean? But at the same time, Earl gonna have to be ready to take some big shit. Yeah. You know I mean, cause Bud, cause Bud, cause Bud at any time could switch over into the street fighter and, he, and start giving that shit out. Bro, I keep telling people that like y'all are not paying attention to this boy. Like he can punch. Mm -hmm. Like it ain't you don't have yeah. 38 fights with 28 knockouts for nothing. And you gotta remember he's doing it at different weight classes, so that I means he definitely got a punch. He definitely got a punch because he's doing it at different weight classes. Different weight classes. And I've never seen, like I think you kind of said this earlier. I've never seen anybody talk Bud out of his game plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm about to say Bud is a true competitor. You know what I mean? He's gonna find a way to win. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and one thing we know about Errol is. Even though he's a good boxer, we know at the end of the day he wanna bang. He wanna fight. He wanna beat you up. Now we seen him box against Mikey, so we know he can box, but yeah, but you know that was that was no disrespect to Mikey, but Mikey ain't the ain't the ain't the top ain't no ain't no top notch boxer. No, he can box, but he ain't yeah, he, he ain't that. Notch. He ain't that. No, he ain't. No, he don't come. He don't come with the little slick shit. He just he know how to just bounce on his toes a little bit, keep his hands up high, and put it and together. The jab, or yeah. If he can, but he was just too small for Earl. But I felt like Earl gave him a little bit too much respect because of who he was. I don't think it was that. I was just. I think that all night he just wanted to prove that I can outbox this guy, and I don't. I don't have to go for the True. knockout. Well, that was yeah. That was probably because it was the easier way to go about it. But the only thing about that is now everybody looking at. Looking at it like, yo, you could knock Mikey out. I bet if that was yeah, Bud, yeah. Bud would have, Bud would have knocked him out. You know, which we all know, yeah, Bud, Bud would have wiped him up. Bud would have wiped his ass out of there, cleaned him up, and got him out of there. Rinse, rinse, washed, dried, all of that shit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then we seen against Sean Porter. Sean Porter was able to force Errol into the type of fight that that he won. Yeah. Well, Bud, you're not gonna get yeah. that. Bud's gonna do what he wants to do the night of the fight. And it's and that's and it's funny you brought that up because Bud is a different dude, man. Because Sean didn't quit; his father did. Yeah, but his yeah. father his father quit because of the fear he had of that man. I mean, it was one thing. It was one thing I paid attention to in the buildup, and it was the story that you know uh, Kenny Porter told where Bud had kind of cornered him in 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 a, a hallway, mm -hmm. and. Bud challenged him to a fight and he turned it down. He admitted, like he told him, go ahead, man. You know, I'm a man, you a kid. But Bud was a man. Bud was like 18, 19, maybe 20 years old. He was a man. My thing is, if you old enough, I'm going to punch you in your mouth. Yeah. But something spoke on that, you know what I mean, when he said, you know what I mean, I, I, I told him just go ahead. I had to stand I down. Like fear, but yeah, I had to stand I down. I felt like he feared Bud. Yeah, I felt like he feared Bud and having his son in there with him and then having his son being manhandled like that, I felt like he was like, no, it's over. And it's something it, different for a nigga from the street, though. Like, And I don't mean that negatively. Like, it's something different from when you come from yeah. the street and a guy like Bud who been shot in the back of the head, and, you know, and he wanted to just get back from yeah. some shit like that. Like, we, we're talk, talking about a different type of animal. Yeah, because... And, and a lot of people not going to relate. A lot of people can't understand. But when you out on the street, your life is on the line every day. So danger becomes your friend. 
You know what I mean? Danger becomes, you know, what I mean? something that you're comfortable with. So getting punched in the face, that's, you know, that's, that's nothing. nothing. That's, e- so that's easy. Now you, now we talking about he fighting a guy who was raised by his father. I've been watching Bud just as long as everybody else. I never even heard of his father. So that means a lot of times he spent down that street rumbling on his own. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Nobody there to regulate the fight. Nobody there to, you know, to say, son, you don't have to fight. You know what I mean? All you got to do is go to school. You know I mean, he was in the mix. So those type of guys, a lot of times, I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll go out on their shield if they have to. Yeah, he understands. That, that's what makes them dangerous. Yep, he understands what get back is. If you hurt me, I got to hurt you. Like, it's different from yeah. when, you, when you're talking about a guy like Bud. And I keep telling, I try to tell people that, but there are those who don't understand just because they're, they're, they love what another fighter can do. And that's fine. Like, I definitely right. love, I definitely love Errol. I love what Errol is, uh, stands for. I love what he's able to do. Errol is a fighter. He's going to hit your hips. He's going to hit your arms. He's going to hit your, your collarbone. He's going to hit you behind the head, but on the ear, on the temple, everything. He wants to fight. Yeah. But yeah, there, is, there are guys out there who can respond to that shit, and they have no problem standing in there with that and going, all right, cool. You're going to get yeah. yours, but in a minute, you're going you, you gonna to fuck up. And when you fuck up, I'm going to capitalize. Yeah. I'm going to make you pay for this shit. And one thing about Bud is you can't make too many mistakes in there. Because if you make one and he get, and he catches it, you're going to pay for it. And really, the worst thing to do with Bud is to show him that you you panic. You panic in front of him, he going he gonna to bring that shit out. Yeah. He going to bring that shit out. Yeah, because he can smell it. He can smell it. You spoke mm-hmm. on uh, Cool Boy Steph. How is that watching him in the gym, man? Because from the outside looking in, watching him box, yeah, and then the way he just went in there with Figueroa and just mixed it up, I was like, what? Well, to be honest, that's because he's another version of Bud. And what I mean by that is he's a street kid. He's a nasty kid. You know what I mean? He don't look like it. He got all his teeth. got a nice little <laughs> face smile on him. You know what I mean? So... So people mistake that for, for a nice guy, but in reality, he really a nasty guy and not in life because he he one of the coolest people you would meet. And if you call him, he'll pick up his phone up. You know what I mean? He not he not no nut, but he a nasty dude when it comes to fighting. He gonna find a way. Mm. And that's and that's the same, that's the same with Bud. He be. so that's why a cool boy is dangerous because you might say, Oh, he gonna box tonight. Nah, he feel like fighting. And you might say he feel like fighting tonight. Nah, he gonna box you. you know I mean, he gonna switch it up. He could because he another great competitor. He wanna he just wanna win. He don't like losing. Bro, I watched that figure roll fight five times so far. Yeah. And I'm still same, trying to figure same. out. I wish I could talk to him and ask him, why the fuck did you go to the inside? Did you know that you, he just couldn't, he couldn't hurt you? Or did you, you knew, just knew how to smother well, this motherfucker, man? Well, the truth is, like, we're going we gonna, we gonna to mix science a little bit with, you know what I mean, with attitude and all that. We're going to mix the science part. The science part is a lot of guys that go forward, they muscles work going forward. If you push them back, the muscles don't work the same. Talk so about your it. body will start to give out. Another thing is about pressure. Pressure don't like pressure. Talk about pressure it. when you jam pressure together. Only thing happens is it's gonna burst. Yeah, it'll stay still. Whatever yeah. type of pressure you jam together. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I felt like Cool Boy was like, I'm a man too. I mean, you ain't gonna just walk up on me and swing on me. You know what I mean? Yeah. We ain't doing that. And sometimes with boxing a guy, it can feel like that. You might not even be really getting pressure too crazy, but just the fact that you on your toes and you're moving backwards sometimes me feel like, hold up, I'm giving him this guy too much respect. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, he I want this guy to remember my name. So I, you know what? I'm gonna meet him in the middle and we're gonna bang this shit out. Yeah, definitely. I felt like that's what it was. Definitely, because he definitely and, and you know they say that all the time when you're fighting a puncher. You got to go to the gut. You got to hit him in the gut to get him to get him to chill the fuck out. And once you get his respect, mm-hmm. then you can break him down and go to your game plan. And it seemed like once he, once mm-hmm. Cool Boy went to the inside, even though Figueroa was throwing punches, you just seen the effect of of a Steph being able to stand in there on the inside and, and and be effective. And it was like, yo, he he got it. He got it. Dude, the, the dude is 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 cutting him down slowly but surely. And then after the fight, you look at Figueroa, go, yo, I won the fight. And Steph told him, my man, look at your face. What fight did you win? Yeah, look at was, your face. Yeah, I was putting my hands on you. Yeah. 
For sure. Yeah, definitely. I I I I like to see fighters like that. Your favorite five fighters of all time. Uh, all time, you mean Ali? Okay. James Tony. Mm. Uh, Duran. Pernell. And Meldrick. That's four, right? Ali, mm-hmm. Tony. Duran, Pernell, Meldrick. Okay, okay. You picked some dogs, bro. Yeah, that's my, that's my, I think that's my five. Yeah. You picked some, you picked some dogs, man. Absolutely. Yeah, James Tony, one of my, James Tony, one of my favorite all the time. Talk to me about that. So, so what made you pick James Tony? Because I love James Tony, but, but what made you, what makes you well, pick him? Well, the first thing was the story. You know what I mean? He began boxing after high school. I mean, and I, and I heard he was a football player. And then, um, so he picked it up kind of late. And then he turned pro in a two-year span. He became 24-0 with, I, I think it was 22 knockouts. Mm. So that's rumbling. That's fighting every month. Yeah, or more. You know I mean, that's, fight, that's fighting every month for two years straight. And then his skill set. And after the skill set, his heart, and then after that, the shit talking. He take you out. He take you all the way out your game. He take you all the way out your game. Stand in front of you, make you miss. Hit you with some great counter shots, make you miss some more. You know what I mean? And then when and then when he beating on you, he smiling, he laughing, he thinks yeah. it's funny. Like, I mean, I'm breaking you down. He's the only fighter. The probably the only the only. One of two fighters that I know that fought with the Philly Shell on the inside, it was Nicolina Locha and him. That's it. That's as far as that's as far as I know as far as far as fighters that fought on the inside with the uh, Philly Shell shoulder roll. Georgie Benton too. Yeah, Georgie Benton, Nicolino, uh, yeah, James Tony. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you seen a lot of that back in the day, though. If you if you pay attention to the old tapes, you see a lot of that. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, he but he he's one of the ones that was just so effective with it. If you if you made one mistake throwing the bat, throwing the shot, and it was out there for too long, you 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 call hell for it. Yeah, he was he was around some great teachers, man. And the Midwest dudes, they got a lot of they got a, like a lot of little sneaky shit they do, you know what I mean? But it's like it's it's missing now because you know what I mean the old head's not around. So Thanks. a lot of these guys, they tr- they trying to rush and get to the top, so they just they, I'm talking about the trainers, you know what I mean? They missing, they missing a lot of the, like, good shit, you know what I mean? They just, you know, they giving out what they know, and they pushing these guys, but that craft, you know what I mean? A lot of that craft, you ain't seeing too much of it. Do you take time with your amateur fighters and your pro fighter to kind of teach some of that and implement it into what they're doing so they understand it? Yeah, because in Philly, it becomes natural because, you know what I mean, everybody doing it. So, you know what I mean? It's, it, you just... At some point, you just it just come out. You know what I mean? It's not even like I think about it. Like, all right, today we're going to work on this. It should just come out because you might be watching the guy on the bag and then you give him a different option. And it's like, damn, you're giving him some of that craft. You know what I mean? Without even really realizing it, though. It's just happening. What's more important to you, to, to you being able to fight or or knowing the fight, like the, the mindset, like being having a skill set for it? Cause some guys go out there and they and they just they're just able to just throw punches and hit hard. Do you think it, it you should rely more on the actual skill of it? Well, I say skills is important because skills will save your life. Absolutely. Not so much about not so much about the offensive part. It's the part where you know what I mean you might you might get hurt in there because a lot of people don't understand in boxing. Uh, one of the things is a lot of times guys get hurt a lot of times, but you'll never see it because of the composure and. You got to know how to work your way out and then get back and not only work your way out, get back into the fight and take over. So I'm going to always go with skills because skills could take you a long way. Absolutely. Absolutely. How often do you come across guys that just want to go in there and just punch? Though? Does that happen a lot? The guys just want to come to the gym. And I, oh, I just want to fight. I don't need to know how to. I don't need to know. Yeah. The skill. 
Yeah, that's every day. I mean, you get a guy like that in the gym. But what you do is you put him in there with somebody, not so much like over over him, but somebody that you, you could definitely see that will make him pay for that. Mm-hmm. And then they start to respect the craft. Once they be like, damn, G, I couldn't get away from that hook. I couldn't get away from the right hand. And then you got to explain to him why. But it's up to them if they want to get it or not. Facts. That's that's facts, bro. Um, I, I watched that a lot growing up once I understood what I was doing and what was going on in the ring. It was just like, yo, there's, there's too much to this shit for motherfuckers to just come in here and think that you can just throw punches. Like, there's no way you think you can come in here and just throw punches and think that you're going to be successful as a fighter. Do you think some of that was missing? You think some of that was missing with a guy like Deontay Wilder? You think that, that he just skipped out on that part? You said some, that was that was most of it. You know what I'm saying? Because we talking about a guy who's six, 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 seven, six, eight, and he his legs look like Bambi legs. Like he <laughs> he really got trouble. He really like real rap, he got trouble, you know what I mean, even just stepping around. And then when he throw his punches, he put so much into the punches, he leaving his feet. So I felt like that was the big difference with him and Tyson Fury. What people don't understand with Tyson Fury is he's a true student of boxing. And Talk about it. Talk about he it. He proved that he he proved that when he brought Sugar Hill into his camp because he said it. He said to himself, "I need to elevate. I need to go up. I need something to, to excite me." So he brought a, a teacher to his camp, and look what's happening. Now you fight one of the biggest punchers in the game, or the biggest puncher in the game, and then you make him look like a kid. It's because of the skill set. Now, had Deontay Wilder had half of that way better fights Ooh. even though those fights was exciting but i mean way better on his behalf he would have you know what i mean he would have caused some trouble because his punch is devastating but that's all he really have and, and have that's, that's what i was telling somebody imagine if deontay wilder had the skill set of thomas hearns and he could disguise that punch before he landed it mm-hmm. that would have been all these fights would be so much different and nobody would want to fight him mm-hmm like they definitely, definitely right. would stay away from him. But when you don't have, and it's not to disrespect him because I don't ever want to think that I'm disrespecting fighters. But when you don't have the skill set that allows you to land those punches effectively, and we see it, right. and we can we can pinpoint what's wrong. Everybody, everybody in the boxing world sees it, and they know how to capitalize on it. They know how to they know how to game plan for right. it like that. He just, I mean, Wilder just became predictable. Super he kept big. speaking on his power, and he let us know that's all he wanted to do. So Fury capitalized off of yeah. that. He, what was the saying he had? It takes me 12 seconds to win the fight. You all have to try for 12 rounds. Yeah. Yeah. And once you start talking like that, that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so what fights are you looking forward to coming up? I mean, right now, of course, Tank and Rooley. I mean that's a that's a good fight as far as the energy, as far as the build up. But I don't want to see that. Blow his head off. Yeah, I, I don't want to see Tink, that fight. I think, I think Tink definitely gonna knock him out. You think? You think? How, how far you think it goes? You think it goes uh ten, nine, ten rounds? So you think that fight goes nine, ten rounds, or or earlier than that? You talking about Tank and Rolly? Tank and Rolly, yeah. Man, I think four rounds. I think he's gonna get Rolly out in four rounds. All right. Uh, I and I hear that, but I, I feel like if it were me, I, I'm thinking that Tank might just go for the punishment and then go for the knockout, like bust him up, break him down, make him feel it, and then get him up out of there. Yeah, I think that's the smart idea, but I think it's going to be a war. Mm. So when it's an all-out war, somebody got to go. Tink, I think Tink going, you know, he going to start off boxing, but Roley got a he got good size to him. So with the size, I'm not saying it's going to be too overwhelming for Tink, but I'm saying it, it could become overwhelming. You know what I mean? Because he's, he's standing over top of you. It's not like Pitbull Cruz where he's under you. He's standing over top of you. And Sometimes I hear that. that can... But but you you just got through a, you just got through a Barrios, so you know what the the distance looked like. Yeah, different animal though. Barrios, tall, lean guy. I mean, 
uh, Roley's shorter than Barrios, a lot more stocky, bigger shoulders. You know what I'm saying? He can look overwhelming. He can look wide. Like he's, you know what I mean? Like he's smothering you. And yeah. I think he's going to force Tank really just, you know what I mean, go off and open up on him. Yeah, he, and Tank is going to open up, all right? He's going to feel sure. all that shit. Every last one, <laughs> yeah. every all that shit going. You going uh, incoming? That's all you going. That's all. I don't even want to watch that fight, man. I just feel bad. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, I feel bad. Crazy. I yeah. feel bad. I really feel bad because it's like you annoyed this man that much to the point where now you got the fight you want. Like you have to figure out a way to do more than plant your feet and throw these. Ah, 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 ah. Like you got to do more than that. Yeah, and ain't nobody standing there for this. But he gonna have to, like you say, I mean, he gonna have to pay for it though. A lot of shit he was saying, a lot of shit, a lot of shit he was doing, the antics. You know what I'm saying? He gonna, he gonna, he gonna have to pay for that shit. Big time, bro. Uh, uh, I, I, I can't wait to see that and see how it plays out. What did you think of the uh, Charlo Castano fight? Charlo Castano, mm, I felt like. Charlo could have made it an easier fight with a with a more effective jab, but he jabs. But mm. like I said, it's it's one at a time. He jabs one at a time, one at a time. Another thing is, I, yo, Charlo, it's like Charlo don't like throwing uppercuts or some shit. Because I felt like an uppercut would have been perfect for uh, Castano because he was sitting. He was trying. Him. He was trying. He yeah, got a couple. He, yeah, but he got it in there a few you, times. If you notice, a lot of times he's standing up when he do it. When you turn an uppercut, you got to sit down, and get your leverage. I mean, because the shot is coming from under and going up, so you yeah. got to be sitting down. You got to, you, you know what you mean? Gotta, yeah, you got to grab the mat. Yeah, you got to be planting your feet. So I felt like, you know what I mean? He would have tore his head off of the uppercut. And I just feel like a lot of the wild punches be unnecessary. But, you know what I mean, he's a super dog, uh, super conditioned, powerful. He's powerful all the way through the fight. Castano, I just fought like, felt like he fought a stupid fight and got knocked out. He was just it's like he was just going for it. Like I'm just gonna I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get in, get to the inside and just and, and do what I, I need like to he, do. I felt like I felt like he was saying to himself, you know what? I fought this guy already. I could take his punch. I'm gonna just pressure him. Nah, but mm-mm. nah. And I think what you said earlier uh, a few seconds ago about Charlo was true too. That jab isn't consistent when it's pumping out there. Like it's just like he throws that one, one or two hard, hard ones, and he he resets and he steps around. But that 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 would have opened open Castano up for a lot more too. But maybe um, did he do that in the last? Did, was it was it like that in the last fight? It was kind of similar. It's kind of similar. Okay. But he just was trying to figure. I felt like the first fight he was trying to figure Castano out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys on they 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 kind of make it difficult mental wise, you know what I mean? Because they think it, they overthink it. When really he that boy, he ain't doing nothing special. He coming to you, set him up, break him up. Yeah, definitely, definitely. What do you think about uh, if it happens, Benavidez versus Plant? What do you think about that fight? I think that's a good fight, but Benavidez is showing not that not that he's invincible, but I'm saying he's definitely claiming his 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 spot at the king at 168 pounds yeah so it's like it's like them dudes gotta be careful with him man because he having fun plant is coming off an ass whooping so i don't think it's it's so i don't think it's so fun for him anymore Mm -mm. now it's like life or death now it's like life or death i gotta do this you know what i mean if i want to make some big money i gotta so i think it's gonna be a lot of pressure on plant if that fight happened benavidez is gonna be in that mode where he having fun at the same time he went through some shit early in his career with you know with of course with the drugs and he sees that he has to take this shit serious and he's been even more dangerous ever since that do you think plant can make it to 12 rounds i think he can but he's gonna have to fight him not yeah, not perfect, but damn near perfect fight. Okay, because I I, I I I question that with, with David being an all-out pressure fighter and him having a, a, a good jab, his jab is decent. Like, I, I question, can somebody stand in there with him and go 12 rounds with him being able to jab and then the selection of punches that David has? Um, the, reason I, the reason I say that is because uh, the Darrell brother did it. Yeah, but that's a different animal, bro. Like them, 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 those are dogs as well. No, but what he showed you was if you if you keep your distance well enough and you make him work, he'll become lazy. 
Benavidez got a little lazy in that fight. Okay. Okay. Because he made see, you gotta understand, David Lemieux ran up on him. So all right, you right here. I ain't gotta work that hard. Lemieux is a pressure make, fighter though. But that's what I'm saying. You and look what happened to him. Yeah, yeah. Because he put his he put himself in, in the line of fire. Now, if you take yourself out of line of fire and you make the big man work more than he intended to, you know what I mean? Then you got a different fight on your hands. Yeah. I, li- I like David, though, man. I like David. I think David's a solid No, he's a monster. Man. Yeah. He's a monster. Yeah. For sure. I like watching David. David David gives you what you... If, if you want to see an entertainer fight, he's going to give you that all the way through. You know? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. You're going to get your money's worth, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. But are there any other fights that you would like to see happen in boxing period? I mean, Haney Cambosis is fucking interesting as they get. Ooh, who you got for that? I mean, that's a 50-50 fight to me also because Cambosis is an all-out type of guy. He he give you the inside work and the outside work. I'm you know what I mean he with whatever. Haney's is is working on becoming a master boxer. Mm-hmm. He hasn't all the way, all the way mastered it but he's working on it so this is going to be interesting very interesting fight i i feel the only way that devin gets this fight is if he shuts him out or or he knocks him out because it's over in australia what about you of course that is that's 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 not even a question but it can be done but he but he got to be just doing the right shit yeah i mean uh, the that's the thing about Devin, though. Like, I don't see him doing less than that, though. Like, like I expect Devin to, to pitch a shutout. See, the thing is, Devin Haney's a kid still. Yes, sir. 22, Some, 23. Sometimes, sometimes when you're young, you do shit just to do it. If that guy can make him make a mistake, I don't know. Hmm. And it's not, and I'm gonna tell you something. See, a lot of a lot of these guys is cheating. Mayweather was proven because Mayweather went up against the world as a young man. He was 18 fighting in international tournaments. When he went to the Olympics, he was, I believe he was 19. Right? Mm-hmm. Devin Haney, Devin Haney turned pro at 16, 17, coming off of junior Olympic tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's fought the best, but the best of the kids. He hasn't fought the best of the men. Grown man, yeah. So yeah. So when so when Mayweather came out, different pedigree because he's been there with men. Mm-hmm. Haney is used to having shit his way. So what's gonna happen when somebody don't give him what he wants? Mm. It's gonna be different, but I just I, Devin just looks like the type of guy, man. He can just roll out of bed and just do that. Yeah, I mean, it looked like that when you get in the right matchups. You got to remember that. True, matchups. True. You right. Matchmaking, matchmaking is one of the arts of boxing yeah. because yeah. you're putting them in there with the right guys. Jorge Linares, right, is a, is a sturdy veteran, mm-hmm. but a veteran, meaning he's been in for some time. You know what I'm saying? He's been in there a lot of times for a long time. So yeah. it's like at some point he got to die down. So when they put Devin in there with him, it was perfect timing. Yeah, he had some tread on them tires. Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Now you're in there with a hungry beast that's undefeated like you are. Yeah, and got a, a similar no- amount of fights as you as well. Yes, and, right. had, and he has a bigger win, bigger win, even though it's only one, but that's a big win to beat Tiafimo Lopez after Tiafimo Lopez beat Lomachenko. Uh, let me say this because I said I, I bet on Cambosis to win that fight, and that, that's the God honest truth. I bet on Cambosis to to win that fight against Lopez, and I'm only saying that because w- w- watching everything happen between the fight being rescheduled what two or three times, uh, seeing Tiafimo mm-hmm. doing all doing all the publicity and everything, all I ever saw was George Cambosos in the gym. That's all I ever saw. So it, let, mm-hmm. so it let me know that I got one guy was more focused than the other guy was. And when I started seeing it, I started going, okay, um, one guy's focused, the other one isn't. And usually when you're focused and you, you're dedicated to the craft, you can pull more out the bag than the other guy can. And what you're speaking on is the mentality and the, 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 the work ethic. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? When you when you running around bullshitting doing interviews and you know I mean you having too much fun, you know what I mean you can it, it could cost you and it cost yeah. them. Yeah, because his mentality wasn't right. This is boxing, man. You 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 playing with your life. Sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is there any anybody, any other fight out there that you would like to see? Um, the fight, the fight I would love to see. I would love to see right now Lomachico versus Shakur. Oh. I would love to see that fight. Two southpaws, two slick, two slick southpaws, two very well calculated southpaws. I would love to see that fight. You think that we'll get that this year or next year? I mean, either or is good with me. Yeah. Who 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 you got in that fight? I don't know. That's a good mm. fight. That's a good fight. And, and Lomachenko has shown some holes, but it was with a different style. This is a style similar to his, where they look in the counter. So that's what would make it a great scientific fight. So far, you gave me two 50-50 fights, man. You gave me Bud Crawford, uh, Errol Spence, and you said the Loma, Shakur Stevenson. That's two 50-50 fights. Yeah. That's how I feel about them fights. Okay. And like, and, and the reason you hear me say 50-50 all the time, a lot of times, is because anything can happen. Yeah. yeah it, it, and, and fights like that, is, is, to me, I get what you're saying. It's usually gonna come down to the guy with the most heart. Like who wants it more? Yeah, who wanted? Yeah, who wanted? And that's why Tiafimo beat Lomachenko. I, I felt like Lomachenko was bored by that time because he was outclassing guys. He was just doing guys, even though he had lost before that, but that was early. And I felt like he was just becoming bored and becoming like stagnant. But the loss, I felt like woke him up, woke him back up. Yeah, he, it was like he went in there all lackadaisical, like I can get this guy from round seven to 12. He'll fold up if I put the pressure on him. And it was too late by right. then because now you got to deal with a guy late. who's confident and he knows how to punch. And that fight and that fight had to do with hunger, too. Mm-hmm. Lomachico is, is famous and he's rich and financially, you know, what I mean, and Tio was looking for a fight to stamp him as one of the best in boxing. So he was hungry. He was hungry. Yeah, but it, it, he that that bit Teofimo Lopez in the ass later on too because he acted like he was sitting on top of the world because he beat Loma and and and, and, and I get it. That, that's like a that that's a big win, but you hadn't done that, nothing yeah. else beside that. It's not over. It's not over. No, sir. I mean, he he kind of handled it like it was over. Like, all right. I mean, I beat the one of the best in the world. I'm one of the best in the world. Right. Now, I y'all, the game. now y'all got to come see me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was nothing so like just that. Like you still as... got to keep going. Yeah. He was. He. He was. He got. He got on that roller coaster. That's what it was. At, at the 135, how do you see it shaping out? Who would be the top? The the last top two guys or the last one guy standing at 135? I think it's two, between Tank. I think it's between Tank. Tank and uh, Shakur. Okay, you 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 looking at it the same way I'm looking at it. Okay. Yeah, I think it's between Tank and Shakur. Tank is the nastiest one with the punch of power, but with the but with the skill set, and Sh- and Shakur again is is a, is a he's a genius when it comes to the science of boxing inside the ring. He's a genius. Do you think we'll get a lot of boxing from Tank in this uh, Roly fight? In the first two rounds. Okay. And after that, he'll just start going. He'll just start chopping them down. Because six minutes is enough time to find your target. And I think he just, from there, he's going to go crazy. Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, he don't like Rooley. No, uh at all. Not, it's, it's not that. It's not that we fighting and you was talking shit. He really don't like Rooley. He don't like him. Like you could tell he don't like Rooley. He don't respect Rooley. He respect him enough to train and get ready, but I don't like you. So when you don't like somebody, you want to get rid of them. He don't want to, he don't want to just win. He wanna hurt that kid. Yeah, and I think he said I think he said I I didn't just train for this fight, but I trained to knock him out. I think he said that. Well, I might be misquoting it. But I think I think I heard him say he trained, he trained to knock this guy out. That's what a that's what a fight like that'll make you do because he, the kid talking so much and because of their history they got a little bit of history so it's like bro 
I don't really, you know what I mean? This is my chance to really get you out and shut you up and, you know, leave you extinct. <laughs> yeah, and fuck you up on the way. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to yeah. definitely do it. I'm going to definitely train hard enough to do that. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's, oof. Man, I, I, I'm going to tune in. I really don't want to, but I'm going to be tuned in to, to, to watch that fight, man, because... I just want to see Tank put in some work and I want to see how I just I want to see what it looked like when that man when, when that man fall. But it'd be crazy than a motherfucker to see him put up a hell of a fight and, and, and extend it and, and go 12 rounds or do something spectacular. If Roley, if Roley even just go the distance, he gonna line up, he gonna line up some money for himself. Absolutely. Absolutely. If he get knocked out, it's gonna be an acting career, it's gonna be something after this. Yeah, he he looked like he got that retarded strength though. Is it me? Do, am I just tripping, or does he look like he got that retarded? No, strength? no, he definitely got it, <laughs> but he got to know what to do with it. Yeah, I'll be looking at Buddy like, yo, he got retarded strength. That ain't that ain't regular strength. Like, that's retarded yeah. shit. Yeah, he got to know what to do with it though. Yeah, that's the sad part. Like, if you don't know how to put that shit together and and, and know when to time and everything like that. It's a lost cause, man. Do you do you ever come across fighters like that? Yeah, it's guys, I mean, around that's just strong for nothing, but they don't know what they're working with. Mm. Mm. So so in a in a case when they when they're stubborn like that, do you just dismiss them and send them to somebody else? No, you just try to try your best to get them to learn. You know what I mean? The lesson. And what you do is you put them in with guys who are not going to let them do what they want to do. Mm. And one day, hopefully, they'll humble themselves. Okay. Okay. Pernell Whitaker, uh, you put them in, you put him in your top five. What did you like about Pernell? Yeah. I mean, the greatest defensive fighter ever. I never see anybody that comfortable in the ring. That's what that's what was amazing about Pernell. I've never seen nobody that comfortable to drop their hands turn sideways, slip a body shot. How can you slip a body shot? Like, mm. Dude's nasty. Like, dude, just nasty. Sit on the ropes, bounce bounce off the ropes, walk off on you, do a little dance, yeah. all that. He showed you how to use the entire ring. Yeah. You know I mean, not just, I'm sorry, not just be in the middle, you know what I mean, just trying to dictate. He he showed you how to use the ring. And, <laughs> and if you made him mad, he'll whoop your ass. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Without box you, outclass you. But if you made him mad enough, he would step to the inside and bang out with you, cause he put a hurting on Bert, Buddy yes. McGirt. He put a vicious hurting on Roger. Mm, that fight was crazy. I think both of them gassed out that fight, though. I think both of them gassed yeah, he out. Went, he went at, Yeah, he ain't like Roger. He Roger touched him at the weigh-in, and that was a wrap. Like yeah. you should have touched me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, shit got ugly. Rest in peace to the legend, man. I love watching Sweet Pea, man. That fight with uh, uh, yeah, yes, sir. R.I.P. to Roger Mayweather too. What's the brother name that he fought over in France? I can't remember oh, his uh, name. Shit. Damn, yeah, I can't you got remember me with that one. Yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I, but they gave it was a draw where they gave the win to the other guy. I said, man, uh, this is how I know. I know this is dirty. I know yeah, this boxing crazy, bro. Do you think do you think there's a way to improve the amateur circuit or uh the pro circuit with, with, with some of the some of the shit that be going on, or will it have to be the boxers all get together? Um with the pros, you gotta make one belt. Gotta be one big belt. One you belt. Gotta stop with all these belts. Yeah, you gotta stop with all these belts, but they're not gonna stop with all these belts because that's how they that's how they you know they're making a lot of money like that. Because if it's, you got a champion versus a champion, then it looks interesting. If you just got a challenger and the champion, then it's like, uh, nobody want to watch the challenger. You know what I mean? Nobody know him, but that's how they look at it. But then with the amateurs, I think what they need to do is involve the original coaches more and more. What I mean by that is when they go to the Olympics, they have to go with the USA boxing coaches, whoever is the Olympic coaches. I don't think that's fair. I don't mm. think it's fair to get a kid to that level and then you got to turn them over to a guy who barely know him. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you, because yeah, hurting the sport. Like you, you, you get more guys that say, "Yo, I don't want, I don't want to do it no more." And and if you are going to do it that way, have some guys who are good at adapting to the fighters, not 
not to where the fighters have to adapt to them. They have to adapt to the fighters. Yeah. You got to know each animal because all animals are different. I can't train the tiger like I train a bear. Mm. I can't train a bear like I train a horse. Mm. You know what I mean? They be trying to train all them dudes the same. You can't do that. Yeah, somebody told me that as well uh, coming up in boxing. Some guys are robots. Some guys are painters. Yeah. Yeah. And then some guys just know how to jog and you got to be able to figure out which guy is which when you got them. And when you once you once you know what they're capable of, you turn him over, you give him the painters program, you give him the joggers program, you give him the robot program and you let you let those guys figure it out along the way because everybody is just not the same. Exactly. That's yeah. I'm glad you said that, man. Uh, Man, I'm going to end it right here, bro. Greg Hackett, I appreciate you joining, jumping on here with me, man, and joining me. Hopefully you'll do it you. with me one day soon, man. I really, really, really appreciate you taking out a t- out your time to, to make this happen with me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Greg oh, Hackett. Hey, do you got anything going on, like website, anything that you want to plug real quick? I mean, Instagram, Greg Hackett86. Uh, on Facebook, Greg Hackett. Um, my fighter, Jabril Noble, he'll be fighting June 24th. We're going for 4-0. I mean, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of Full Profits Podcast. And as always, remember the mission statement when you're striving for greatness. God never puts you in a driver's seat if it's taken. We are done here.